Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Davis, Chirinos, Adam, and Abbott and ask me questions if I was confusing. I'm going to start with Brennan Davis today. Possibly I should save him for the back end, but I'm going to start with Brennan Davis today. Um, when he was drafted in 2018, there was chatter that, hey, this guy's an athlete, he might be this, he might be that. And I was, okay, yeah, it sounds kind of fun. Sounds kind of fun, but hey, I, I, I've got to see it. I've got to see it first. And in 2019, he was brought up to South Bend at then in low A because they had an absolute scourge of injuries. Uh, their three starting outfielders over the course of four days were put on the injured list. So players had to get called up. Davis was one of them. And my hope was... Please let him hit like at least 200. You know, don't have him hit like 137 and have to get sent back frustrated to my uh to the compound. There was no going back to the compound. He was done with that. He was done with that. Um, only thing that stopped him in 2019 was a couple of injuries, at least one of which came on a bunt. Why is Brennan Davis bunting? I don't know. Then 2020 came along, absolutely nothing happened. I think he got some swings in the alternate training site. There was some talk that initially he was completely submerged against better competition, but then kind of resurfaced, and that was good to hear. But, you know, again, nothing going on, nothing to hear, nothing to know. 2021 comes around, minor league games are delayed. Davis did not break camp with anyone. There was some discussion of, my goodness, what was the malady? There was something wrong with him. Did he get hit in the face by something? I can't remember what it was, but he was out a while. He was out a while. And finally, he came back rehabbing at South Bend and did well there. Got called up to Tennessee. Generally did very well there. The highlight of his season was hitting two home runs in the Futures game. And he was starting to really look like he was that kind of a hitter. Um, Tennessee, he was. there were plenty of games he was very good. Then there were plenty of games where he was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. There was a lot of swing and miss. There's a lot of just... There's a lot of different things. There's a, a lot of different things. And a lot of the games I wasn't even listening to. I wasn't focusing on. I wasn't prioritizing. And um, eventually he got called up to AAA. In his first two AAA at-bats, he hit home runs. And I think he's had two hits in every AAA game he's been in. There might be one that he only had one, but it's something like that. He's Today was the start of the... Oh, what, what, final, last 10 games of the year, last 10 games of the year in AAA, and his first at bat, 
he hit a laser beam single. His second at bat, which I'm not going to focus on a whole lot, he got one inner half, did not hit at all, did not even remotely come close to hitting at all. He spun his bat quickly enough to have just enough pop on it when it hit the thin part of the bat to get it over what would effectively be the wagon gate in Wrigley Field. That's basically where he hit it. That's basically about how far he hit it. Home run, I-Cubs lead 4 to nothing. I-Cubs win 4-1. to The at-bat that was possibly more impressive, possibly more impressive than the home run, and Davis seems to do this once a game. He seems to do this once a game. He comes up to the plate. He's just hit a home run. You've just hit a home run, Triple A. What are you trying to do? You're trying to hit another home run, right? He kept spitting on pitches. No, I don't want to swing at that. I ran up a 3-1 count. Outside pitch. No, that's fine. I'll take the walk. He knows the zone. Brennan Davis knows the zone. I was having a chit chat with someone online tonight. Probably I'll continue it once I get off of this podcast. About how Cubs hitters do not show plate discipline. They are not being taught plate discipline. Well, I, I don't know that the two go together. Um, you can tell a certain specific player, this is what you ought to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they are automatically going to do. It's very hard, very hard with pitchers, pitchers throwing 97 with late movement. How the heck are you going to judge? How the heck are you going to tell? How do you know? It's very difficult anymore. Pitchers are a whole lot better than they used to be. Hitters are a lot better than they used to be. You have to find a way to get ahead of the curve. Brennan Davis is going to be fine. Don't worry about him. He'll be fine. Be patient. Just be patient. And when he gets to the major leagues, if he goes one for 17, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't boo. Don't hiss. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's good enough defensively. He's a good base runner. He's got a strong throwing arm. He hits for average. He hits for power. He'll be fine. Let him be who he is. Let the Cubs take however much time they think he needs. He'll be fine. Robinson Chirinos was the starting catcher tonight for the Chicago Cubs. In a 5-4 loss. Teaser rally. Um, And partway through the game, he left with what is um, often referred to as a lat injury. Potential lat strain. Something somewhere in the ribs, just not right. Something in his ribs didn't look proper. And Nick Martini came in to pinch hit for him. Lat injuries are tricky stuff. If a lat injury happens in, let's say, early June, you can almost think, well, that's a month. That's a month. That's a one-month injury. Um, Cubs don't have a month of games left. So, Robinson Chirinos, to my logic, is done for the season. It's not a season-ending injury, but it's an injury that's going to end his season. There's a difference, I guess. Um, Nick Madrigal's injury was a season-ender. 
Chirinos, it just happens to coincide with, well, he's not going to be able to be back this year. Um, so I doubt the Cubs really want to go with two catchers the rest of the way. There's really not a reason to. There's really no reason to have, oh my goodness, we're only going to have two catchers. There's a 28-man roster. 40-man roster, when you put a man on the 60-day injured list, you get the roster spot refunded. So if the Cubs do need another roster spot, might as well call up somebody from AAA, yes? If you're going to call up someone to replace um, a catcher, you might as well call up a catcher. So what I did was I scrolled up the iCubs roster, and here's what I saw. Uh, catchers, Eric Castillo, Caleb Knight, Tyler Payne, and Taylor Gushu. Gushu has already been on the Major League roster this season. So he would probably be the first hunch. But Taylor Gushu was on the seven-day injured list. Taylor Gushu is on the seven-day injured list. He is not going to be the guy that is called up tomorrow to replace Robinson Chirinos. He's not. So you go to Eric Castillo, Caleb Knight, or Tyler Payne. Those are the three catchers in Iowa now. Those three catchers in Iowa now, Tyler Payne and Caleb Knight were called up to Iowa today. So the only realistic, experienced catcher at the AAA Iowa level is Eric Castillo. Now, I don't know Knight or Payne could be directly called up to the major leagues if that is decided, or perhaps not. But Eric Castillo may well end up being the player called up to Chicago for the rest of the season as the um, backup catcher, emergency catcher, whatever the heck you want to call it, because um, the other two guys, I, I just, I don't see it. Um, Castillo has been in the Cubs system for a long time, a long time, despite being only, well, I want to get this right, 28 years old. Despite being 28 years old, Eric Castillo has been with the Cubs since 2012. In 2012, he played for the DSL2 Cubs. Had a 180 batting average, 546 OPS. 2013, Arizona Cubs. 2014, Boise along with the Arizona Cubs. 2015, South Bend and Tennessee. 2016, Myrtle Beach and South Bend. 2017, Tennessee. 2018, Tennessee and Iowa. 2019, Iowa and Tennessee. 2021, Iowa and Tennessee. His career AA OPS is 578. His career AAA OPS is 548. And frankly, he's had... 482 plate appearances at double A and 189 plate appearances at triple A. That's not an insignificant amount. He's had 
five different levels at which he's had over 100 plate appearances. He's experienced. He's quite the veteran. And I remember seeing somewhere along the line, Arizona Phil saying something about Castillo might well be a coach at some point on down the line. It's just he's probably never going to make the major leagues. Well, looking at it now, he might as well make the major leagues because he is the most experienced guy most experienced guy they have in AAA. So it makes sense to call him up. And it's not a case of where if they call him up, end of the season, he gets his 10, 11, 12 days of Major League service. Congratulations, you've had your cup of coffee, blah, 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 whatever. They can non-tender him. <laughs> you know, seriously, they can non-tender him and probably bring him back next year without a whole lot of difficulty because if he's he's at that age where getting a 10 or 12 day cup of coffee with the major league club is probably a really nice financial bump for him. Uh, the per diem, he might be saving that. He, um, he's been around the minor leagues for a long time. And when sometimes when you give a guy who is going to be receiving that major league bump that possibly he might not have otherwise. It's a really nice thing. It's very convenient. It's very helpful for Castillo. And it builds up some goodwill should he end up being a manager at the Dominican Summer League level in three or four years. Just think about it, you know. If he's already the type, Arizona, if Arizona Phil says a guy is a type of player who might at some point be a coach on down the line, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. And a catcher who's been through everything, who's seen everything, who finally gets his Major League cup of coffee, if a couple years, three or four years later, down the line, he's coaching at the Dominican Summer League level, pitching coach, manager, whatever. Those would be some stories that could possibly come in handy when he is relating to players. Yeah, I remember when I was back behind the plate and uh, St. Louis Cardinals, they'd won 11 straight games. and You know how it goes, stories like that. So yeah, Eric Castillo, very well possibly could be, very well might be. I might even draw up an article Tomorrow on Eric Castillo ought to be the next Chicago Cup. Um, I appreciate you guys showing up. I appreciate you uh, listening. And I appreciate you considering going the extra feet as far as supporting the podcast, supporting my writing, supporting my efforts. Um, should you do that? Should you not do that? I appreciate you at least considering it. Two other things to contemplate about today's uh, I-Cubs game. Maybe three. Jason Adam appeared. Jason Adam appeared. He had a very gruesome, very grisly injury back in, ooh, what was it, June? And uh, not only was there doubt that he would pitch again this year, there was question that he might ever be able to pitch again because it was a bad enough foot, ankle injury that there was legitimate long-term questions, very legitimate long-term questions. 
and he had previously gotten in, pitched well for the I-Cubs, and tonight he came in in a 4-1 uh, with a 4-1 lead, ninth inning, one inning, one hit, two strikeouts. Uh, one of the strikeouts was a dirt ball, and one was a 95-mile-an-hour fastball up in the zone. The catcher couldn't catch up to. The hitter couldn't catch up to. Scott Kobos had a bit of a rocky outing, single walk, but then retired a hitter. So he continues his. He has. He's only given up one run all season. Ethan Roberts, two innings out of the bullpen. Two innings, three hits, no runs, none earned, three strikeouts. And Corey Abbott is making my life hell. Corey Abbott is making my life hell because he is all of a sudden representing like he completely deserves a 40-man roster spot. The Cubs have the option. Do they want to give Corey Abbott a 40-man roster spot? The problem is there's only 40 roster spots. There's only 40 roster spots, and the Cubs do not have a good enough team that you're going to want to invest 35, 36, 37 roster spots from this current team with uh, 40-man roster spots. It's getting really difficult with players fully taking advantage of their opportunities. Corey Abbott, well, let's see. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 28. I had uh, 28 on the 40-man roster who are left column who are going to be protected. Nelson Velazquez, Jared Young, Brendan Little, Danias Correa, Ethan Roberts, those five push it to 33. They are um, Rule 5 eligibles. Sergio Alcantara leaning toward the right column. Wow. McGill, Morgan, Rucker, Sampson, and Abbott. They're fighting for three or four spots. Or, I I don't know. It's, It's just absolutely confusing. Absolutely confusing. Because Trevor McGill and Michael Rucker... The way they pitched this year as far as their numbers, if everything is based solely upon their numbers this year, not looking into the future, you can easily non-tender them and let them go to another team. But it's not only about 2021. It's about 2022. It's about 2023. And are they going to develop on into the future? If you buy into McGill and Rucker and Sampson and Abbott, it gets really hard. It gets really hard with the 40-man roster. And people who are laughing at the 40-man roster, it'll be easy. No, no, really it won't be. It won't be easy. Especially if you're going to hold yourself personally accountable. If you say, yeah, just let go of Rucker and McGill. Just let go of Rucker and McGill. Well, if they do well in the future with another team... That was your decision. That was what you said. You called it. You asked for it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really getting difficult. It's really getting difficult. Maybe Jared Young can be left unprotected. I, I don't know. But um, irrespective of anything else with 
Chirinos, presumably done for the year. The Cubs might as well call up another catcher. And it might as well be Eric Castillo. And only downside with that is Eric Castillo won't be around to watch Brendan Davis knock more home runs the rest of the season. Thanks for stopping by. We are of excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon. I'll attempt to have that worth your file as well. Be safe. Go Cubs. Go and be nice to people.